Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are, what are we doing? We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true with the New Paradigms for a New World. Looking for those new ways of living because, well, let's just look around you. The old ways aren't working. And even if there was no coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, I would still say the same thing. And I've been saying it for 14 years as we celebrate our 13th anniversary 13 years we've been doing this program. What a lucky number. And we head into number 14. And to that end, we have a very special guest joining us here on the program. A gentleman I kind of, I grew up with uh, when it came to radio and television back in Phoenix. I'll introduce him to you in just a moment. But I want to remind you of something. That we come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. And Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We also are podcasting these broadcasts, that's why I call them broadcast podcasts, at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and a bunch of other places that folks are reposting. And I thank you for doing that. That's fabulous. I, I, I You know what? I, I, I greatly appreciate the fact that you're doing that. Uh, you don't have to, but obviously these shows have meaning to you, these programs, these guests, the topics. And uh, we thank you for that. You know, if you'd like to support the work that we're doing here and you, you want to be a part of it financially, we have a PayPal and Patreon account for your security as well as ours so that uh, you can, <clears throat> pardon me, you can be a part of it. Uh, whatever amount you want to give, we greatly appreciate. And you know what? We'll even take energetic support as well. And again, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that goes out to those who have helped. And those who will help. And again, we thank you. Today's program is, is going to be fun. It's probably going to be a little funny too, but it's also going to be on the serious side, sort of, because it's going to, we're going to start out talking with our very special guest about 2020, not the year of COVID, but the year of perfect vision. That's what I've been promoting since last September. A year ago, I started promoting 2020 as the year of perfect vision inner vision, going within to find that still small place, that quiet, peaceful place where you can just relax and you can uh, uh, basically uh, get that information, that, uh, inform that, that inspiration, if you will, uh, that guidance that all of the ancient wisdom teachings talk about. And interestingly enough, the gentleman we have on the line, Shadow Stevens, uh, is joining us today. I, uh, I used to listen to him not only on the radio, but also in Phoenix. Uh, he was also the gentleman who I used to see in these, these commercials, these commercials called Federated. It was a, um, an electronics uh, 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 a place. You could go get your TVs, your stereos. I, I still remember walking into, I think it was a Federated store, and I saw my first CD player. It, they played them vertically in this player, and you could watch it spin, and I thought, how the hell is it reading that? I knew nothing about computers, but it was it was incredible. Shadow, thank you so much. Uh, I know you're a busy guy because you're doing lots of other things uh, for joining us here on the program. It is my pleasure. I also am intrigued by the work that you're doing in the areas of spirituality and metaphysics. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I th did I not hear your daughter or uh, some little kid uh, talking was actually sort of quoting the Pythagorean theorem or something uh, having to do with, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, the website. Oh, yes. yes, yes. That is a, uh, a six-year-old who uh, reached the seventh heaven of Tickled Pink and uh, walks among the stars as a black belt in the art of ricochet, which is the ancient Aborigine teaching. No matter what happens, you've got to bounce back. It's a, a martial art of mind, soul, and spirit. And she has gone through the whole system thanks to mental radio and attained perfect awareness and is able to laugh about it. I'm now, laughing right now inside. Uh, it, I laugh for no reason and wonder why. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing about humorless humor. Yeah. It's humor that doesn't ask a lot. It doesn't expect you to laugh out loud or be glib or funny or yeah. even wince. It just is and later may come back and visit you and you may may find yourself smirking for no reason and wonder why or it might not happen at all and that's the funniest part of it you know i was listening strangely enough i was listening to spotify and one of my playlists i was listening to barry manilow and he was singing the song yes i'm a fan of barry manilow 
And he was singing the song, Where Are They Now? And it was basically kind of what you were just talking about. And I started thinking about a lot of my old classmates because I made contact on LinkedIn with my old high school girlfriend. I'm still good friends with my best friend starting back in sixth grade. Uh, We still stay in contact. He turned 60 this year, just like I've done. Uh, And I, I started thinking about some of the things that we used to do. And I'm sitting driving down the hill here in Santa Barbara, and I'm just kind of chuckling to myself, thinking, oh, my God, did we really do that? And uh, it's it's actually kind of fun. It's it's not um, uh, like a lot of people when they think back on their their childhood uh, and school uh, school days. It's not always a fun thing to do. But for me, we just we, you know, we, I, you know, I made it through. I graduated with sufficient grades to get out of there. But we just had so much fun. And I think that's. Something that we've lost as we've gotten older. As I said, I'm now 60, but I still try to have fun. I mean, I'm working with people who are uh, just enjoying life, even if they have to stay inside or even if they can't go this place, that place and the other. They're finding ways to just bring out the joy, bring out the the, the fun. Well, there's no alternative. You know, there is no alternative to being optimistic. There's no alternative to being certain that things are getting better, no matter what you may think. You, you, we have to cling to buoyant op, uh, optimism in the face of all evidence to the contrary. There's a lot of ammunition to gang up on our amygdalas and, and make us like, oh, God, it's over. Oh, the worst, you know, it'll never get better. And then you start making a story that tells, it, it taps into every disappointment and every heartbreak and every, every uh, failure of your life. And then it makes this narrative. And then you start listening to it because it's dramatic and kind of interesting. And pretty soon you're weak and you're small and you're tired and you're afraid and you don't want to get out of bed. And you're just definitely not going to get better. So on the other hand, if we say, you know, maybe I can't see the bigger picture. Maybe there is a grand design in the limitless universe that has something better in store and the new normal will be much better than the old one, which wasn't working that well anyway. Well, we do know it's going to be different. And that's a fact. And that's what excites me. Uh, Every time we face one of these... uh, crises of, of health and wellness, uh, the influenza that circles the globe every 12 months and it hits the United States in the uh, late, uh, late fall into early spring. And I have been promoting for 40 years, shut down the airlines two weeks for two weeks. But people would say, oh, no, it'll be devastating to the economy. And I'm going, as compared to this, it would have been better to have done it for two weeks and we're done instead of this. Uh, if you care that much about the economy. Uh, But it's Einstein who reminds us constantly about the definition of insanity, and that is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And this time, and that's what thrills me about the opportunities, we did something different. A lot of people don't like it, but it's different, which means, guess what, Shadow? We're going to get something different at the end of this. And uh, I think for a lot of us, it is a... uh a call to what's important in our lives. And, you know, there are so many diversions and I'm guilty of it myself. My favorite thing in the world is going to movies. I like movies. I like to go to movie theaters. I like to sit there with my popcorn and escape into another universe. And they're gone. And then going out to dinner and then that's taken off and you go, um, how am I dealing with this? And what do I have? Yeah. Where is it going? And, and what do I have to be grateful for? Because that's the thing. If you can't be grateful and in terror at the same time. It's I, like you gotta look you look for you, you want if if you look for beauty, you find more beauty. Mm-hmm. The end. Mm-hmm. Or if you look for what's wrong, it makes a list. Yeah. And we've got to be reining our minds in all the time. That's part of what mental radio is about with all of its, you know, um, theatrical audio theater and funny and humor and 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 cleverness beneath it all is this urge for people to get ahead of the mind or get behind of the mind one of the two the mind left to its own will look for what's wrong and make a list and try to destroy us there are people direct it 
there are people uh, like you who are uh, doing everything that they can, obviously, to not just make themselves laugh and, and lighten the mood, if you will, but there are a lot of others, uh, both past and present. And when I say past, I think of some of the great comedians, and obviously, as of our recording, one of the great ones, Carl, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Carl Reiner Carl passed Reiner, away. Yeah. Funny guy. God, I loved listening to he. And and uh, there were times when I thought he and Mel Brooks were married. I swear. they You saw them everywhere. And they played off of each other so beautifully. And they worked together for, what, 50, 60, 70 years? 700. Oh, or, or, or 800 years. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, one of my favorites, was the late Stan Freeberg. Mm, mine and, too. And a lot of his stuff would not play today. A lot of it wouldn't play today because of the fact that we are, uh, rightly or wrongly, we are really very sensitive about uh, certain certain words and terminology. But I still listen to his stuff uh, in the quiet of my own uh, truck or uh, at home on Spotify, that kind of thing. And it just makes me chuckle. And I'm, you know, and it's not because uh, I'm an offensive kind of guy and I like that kind of humor. It's because of the times in which I was living as a kid, sixth grade through grade school, high school, into college. Uh, and my best friend and I um, used to listen to that stuff. And then sometimes when we would get together, we'd break out in some of the routines. It would just start happening like when we're driving along. Uh, there's a... There's there's a line from a, one of the things from uh, United States of America, the early years. You have a dream? Well, yes, I do. Would you like to talk about it? Yes, I would. And and we just and we would just go off on that. Um, yeah, I I interviewed him um, oh. a few years before he died, and we did we reenacted the dropping the giant maraschino yes. cherry into the uh, mountain yes. of whipped cream, and we did that in the studio with him. Uh, as part of it it was and it was a great moment because he was such a clever guy i loved him oh and uh, i i love the banana boat song that he did uh, oh, where yeah. the drummer used to just get pe it's too piercing man back off back off and he'd back up further and further and further until he's outside the studio and the drummer says perfect and uh, then he locks himself out and has to break through the window to come back in to finish the song um it just it was great stuff and it it, it just it was it, maybe it was uh, uh, for that time, but it was it was it made you laugh. And then there are a lot of other comedians and other funny people and satirists uh, whose humor will will uh, make it through the years. It'll still be okay today and it'll, in twenty years, regardless of what's going on, because it's so, Monty Python. Yeah, Monty Python. There you go. Uh, I used to watch that, and of course, what was that the uh, uh, the, the funny walk department? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, was that was a great piece. Uh, with them. Oh, uh, but in terms of of it's th this this aspect of our lives and how our souls are impacted, we already know there are those who are referring to um, maybe your hairstyle as the COVID nineteen quaff. There are people who are referring to the extra 15 pounds they've gained as the COVID-15. Um, they're, they're, they're trying to make light of some of these things. Um, but physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, a lot of us are struggling. Some of us are maybe seeking therapy on Zoom, you know, because we can't go to our therapist. Uh, but our souls... What's what's your observation in regards to that connection? I know I'm compartmentalizing and there's no separation. Uh, they're all interconnected. But in terms of our spirituality, um, what's your observation of, shall we say, the spiritual state of man today, whether it be of America, of California, of um, Bangladesh? Because... Apparently, this is affecting every corner of the world, which also is a rather interesting euphemism. What are, what are your what are your thoughts and or feelings about the state of man's soul today? Well, I, I don't know. There's like a broad, all-encompassing um, sentence that can bring that to light. Um, there are a lot. I, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time studying religion. And spirituality in general and 
have seen, you know, I studied, uh, you know, Buddhism for five years. I, I studied Kung Fu and, and I've studied the Kabbalah for a couple of years because it's deeply metaphysical and, uh, and Christianity and Hinduism and have found that they all believe in the same universal, infinite, incomprehensible, divine creator, some sort of, and they have different words for it. And, and it is an original source and a grand design of all of creation. And everything else is dogma. And when we get into dogma, people then have to identify with a particular one and then be defensive of it and decide that it's the only way. And then the only way can't begin to accept any other way. And everything else is heathen because to admit that there could possibly be another way means that I would be wrong in my way. And I don't think that's true. I think you pick a way and that you devote yourself to it and that you can get a God consciousness through any of these disciplines. But the, the question is, do you take the action that reveals that and gives you the experience? There is a, uh, an Indian master named Ramakrishna who actually uh, practiced a whole bunch of different faiths, including Christianity, as a way to realize God and found that they all did the same thing. But it was a matter of the discipline, focus, and devotion that allowed them to experience that. You just, it doesn't get dropped in your lap. So the problem that I find is that dogma creates division and then people start fighting about which is the best way when in fact they're all really leading to the same place. If we could just have compassion for our fellow men and go about what feels right to us. I think there are there are pathways that are designed for different cultures and different uh, evolution and you find the one that fits you best and then experience it. I've found that for myself, meditation is the only important thing I've discovered in life. And I have been meditating for most of my adult life. And for the last 10 years, uh, an hour to two hours a day, usually in the middle of the night. And I can't tell you that you should do that. I don't even know how I do it. I just can tell you that the experience reveals in itself something so much deeper and more profound than can be put in words. To be put it in words is to diminish it. So I've initiated this mental radio program, which is a lot of pretty funny stuff. And it's real audio theater, but in the center of it is called the Outlook Chamber. And it's where we break the fourth wall and I talk about these different things about fear and doubt and gloom and, and elation and joy and happiness and, and optimism. And at the end of it always is a 90 second meditation for people that say, I just can't quiet my mind. It just goes on. Well, just 90 seconds, just sit, close your eyes and listen. And it'll take you from the frazzled to something much more calming, a, a wave of calm in the middle of whatever storm you're going through. And, the, and it's the repetition of that that allows you to experience deeper and more profound kinds of awareness. What's the website that people can go to for mental radio? Mentalradio.net. And you can get it wherever podcasts are heard. Um, and that's Apple and Spotify and every, every place, literally every place else. Yeah. That's where, uh, and operators are standing by. And they're standing by, and it won't cost you a penny. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's the beautiful thing about these programs. I have been approached on a number of occasions, Richard, you need to monetize your website. So, you know, even if it's just 99 cents for each listen, you know, da, 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 da. and my perspective is I don't want any barriers. I don't want mm -hmm. any, I, I don't want anything to hinder anybody from getting this information, whether it's our conversation and what you have to uh, illuminate us with uh, or mentalradio.net or any other uh, uh, piece of information. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm no oracle and the program is not an oracle, but it certainly has, it's my therapy. I, I, I use it as my therapy. Um, but um, it, it's, I want it to be there. I want it to be as easy to get as the air you breathe. And that's exactly what I, I have a really, I have a huge problem with prosthesizing. I can't even say it. Close uh, enough. 
mouth stop working. <laughs> be alarmed. If I fall face forward, expect the worst. I'll call nine one one. Body follows. So, but but um, one of the things we do in metal radio, we we did a piece um, about a a a um, Swami got you to buy it. And Swami was discovered. <laughs> in the Himalayas by the Beastie Boys on a sabbatical and brought into the world his message of have now, get more, go free. Oh. It, great consciousness through great commerce. And as you, as you, as you, uh, as I breathe through you, let me buy through you. Just think of me and say, gee. And he has all of these, all of these things, of course, that you can buy. And then, of course, there are the seminars. And then this costs $300 and that costs $5,000 and this, you know, and I have got a problem with that. When it comes to spirituality, there should not be a price tag attached. So we did one with him. It's really funny and it really sounds real. I've got brilliant voice people. And, um, and another one is um, a faith healer, the Reverend um, uh, BG. And he's got, he's got a better, a newer version of the Bible. And it's the Blazing Glory Book of Belief. And it's a cookbook. And you can have it for seven easy payments of $89.95. But there's more. And you should hear this. This is Josh Robert Thompson does this. Uh, he was the, um, the, the gay robot skeleton on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. And he's a brilliant. He also does Morgan Freeman, which is genius. And we have Morgan Freeman in this week's episode, Morgan Freeman giving the history of the blues and it's wonderful. And um, in another one, we had the one thing that we all have in common. The one thing that binds us and brings us all together is soup. That's right, I said it, soup. And he gives us the history, Morgan Freeman giving us the history of soup. You have to hear it, it's really fabulous. Oh, well, you know, there are, and there are some people, uh, there are some actors, uh, male and female, who, uh, I I don't care what the movie is. I just want to watch them. I want to listen to them. I want to hear them. Morgan Freeman is one of those that I could sit and listen to for hours. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones, okay. Um, and I'm trying to think of some of the female act. Uh, they call them even the females are now actors. They're not actresses. Yeah. Uh, and that's so it's more of a generic term. Um, uh, Sandra Bullock is one, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, John Travolta. I, I love listening to him. Uh, yeah. I have I have no affinity for uh, Scientology, but you know what? He, he and you have a, obviously you have a fabulous voice. But when I was a kid growing up, there were some people that were doing stuff that was just incredible, and and, and the voices that I heard as a kid growing up on my transistor radio, uh, that was one of my early Christmas presents that I would stick it under my pillow. And turn it down real low so that I could listen to it all night long. And if I woke mm. up, it would still be there. Yeah, and, yeah. and in Phoenix, uh, we had one of the top stations at the time. It was the only station in the country that only had three call letters. K-O-Y. Sure. And it was with Bill Haywood in the morning and Alan Chilcote in the afternoon. Uh, Pat McMahon was part of the crew. They also had a children's program that some of the guys were involved in uh, called the Wallace and Ladmo Show. Uh, and, um, you know, it was, it, it was one of those things where these guys are having so much fun. And when I started working for a radio reading service for the blind and visually impaired called Sun Sounds, um, I started there at the age of 19 and then lo and behold, I began producing my very first radio theater. I, I knew nothing about theater, let alone radio theater. Uh, but I just told myself, okay, it's just a long-form commercial, okay? It's just a long-form commercial with lots of sound effects and music, okay? I had such a blast with Norman Corwin's The Moat Farm Murder um, and, and all these things. You have been involved with all kinds of projects and productions, um, including, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, you, uh, you were the voice. You were just the voice. You were the personage that we saw on the Federated commercials, encouraging people to go to Federated mm -hmm. and buy a TV, a stereo, a turntable, uh, speakers. Audio, video, TV, and tape. Uh, there, there you go. Um, uh, you know, in a way, I, I'm saddened that Beta didn't make it, but, you know, that's another story for another time. But you had people who inspired you as you were growing up. Who were they? I mean, we mentioned Stan Freeberg, certainly. 
And we talked about Ernie Carl Reiner. Ernie Kovacs, okay. Ernie Kovacs was my first uh, kind of idol. I, um, I watched him on television. I thought, this guy is from outer space. He is a, he's unafraid. He, he will try anything. He, will, he reinvented the whole medium. He, he expanded it. He made it surreal. And he was funny as hell. He, he was somebody that really inspired me. And, and then there were a lot of radio people, of course, along the way. Um, that nobody will remember if I bothered to, to bring them up. But for me, they were pretty glorious. And they had, con, you know, real amazing vocal control. And they were funny and they could do characters and they could talk to the characters in two voices. And it was just remarkable. How about Mel yeah. Blanc? I mean, what? Oh, I, yeah. Well, he's just like from another planet. Yeah, him too. Yeah. And how about the fella? I can't remember his name now. It'll probably jump right into my head when I, I say this. The guy who used to cup his ear on Laugh-In. Oh, yeah. And my brain just seized up. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And and these people gave us something. Gary. Gary Owens. Owens. One of the greatest guys I ever met. Oh. One of the nicest human beings I ever met. And, you know, it's an industry filled with people who are really important. And, you know, and, and it's and it's baffling. And it always baffled me because I came from Jamestown, North Dakota. And I got to Los Angeles. And along the way, there were there was a consistency among radio people that, you know, I'm I'm number one, three to six on Y92 in Des Moines. And I don't return calls. <laughs> Like I'm number one, and that was like true in Des Moines, and it was true in Los Angeles. When once they found their epicenter and became really important, then they didn't return calls and they didn't prepare anymore. And it was like, but Gary Owens prepared, and he showed up, and he was professional, and he was funny, and he was kind, and uh, there was never any of that pretense. It's like one of one of the great people I ever met. Yeah. I have to tell you that uh, in the 40 years plus I've been doing this, um, I have uh, uh, been very, I'm going to say very lucky that any time I start putting on that kind of pretense, the universe has just the most beautiful way of giving me my comeuppance. (laughs) I'm serious. And saying, look. It's good you're paying attention. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm one guy. And... I'm one guy who is where he is because of thousands of people, you know, and they get as much credit as I do, even though I'm out in front here. And I, I but I love this. I love this industry. I love this medium. Uh, I'm starting to slide over a little bit into the video aspects of it, which is a whole nother learning skill. But as my as my fa- <laughs> as my father would say, oh, don't worry about it, Richard. It's just radio with pictures. <laughs> just look at it no that way. no it's it's actually not <laughs> when i got into television i thought that and and uh and that was before federated i, I but uh, you know I, I was like oh i have to be concerned about lighting and makeup and how i stand and how i turn and what i do with my body and all of these things and that's just to be me yeah. then if you somebody else you have all these other skill sets that are really complicated and difficult to learn and i threw myself into those and i gotta try and at least make an attempt to be somewhat good yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) well i tell you we we find throughout our lives that there are places along the way where we have to as the phrase goes we have to reinvent ourselves oh yeah I'm a professional. I, I, and I'm, con- I'm curious as to the reinvention over the years of Shadow Stevens and what that did to that inner life of yours that seems to have uh, uh, culminated in, at least for the time being, uh, the, the period of meditation, which you just, you just do. Well, yeah, uh, it was imposed on me. Oh, I didn't really? choose. Okay. You know, all I, my first love was art. And I and I kept doing my. I was an art major for for almost five years, and and thought I wanted to be a commercial artist until radio and television just pulled me in. You know, I was doing it to pay my way through college, and then I started having success, and things started. And I realized maybe 
I won't make money as an artist. And uh, so, okay, so I threw myself into radio and, and really radio was all I really wanted. I just mm -hmm. loved radio. I loved the theater of it. I loved the magic of it. I loved the, the, the landscape that you could create with music and sound mm -hmm. and ideas. And it's all I really wanted to do. And, and I got really successful, really young. And I was made program director of a major Los Angeles radio station when I was 23. And, and in six months, it was the number one station in town. And then I went from there to start K-Rock. You know, it's become an institution and created the format and killed myself for it. And each time I was, you know, each one is a story. I don't know how, how much time you have because, you know, leave the, the KRLA saga is a story where I was ultimately fired for smiling too much. <laughs> Hon this is honest to God. Truth. Wow. And and uh, K-Rock, which I left because it was so awful that I couldn't bear it anymore. And people were counting on me, even though we were list being listened to by everybody in Southern California. And I couldn't take it because checks were bouncing and they were lying and they were making up things and, and people were, lives were falling apart. And they were staying there because I'd created this thing that was magic. It was so fun and it was so uplifting. And, and I walked away and then I went to another station, KMET, and, I, and they became number one. And and the guy started like imposing things on me. And then I quit in defiance one day. He said, I mean, you're not going to make me into you. So I started my production company. Then I had to learn this whole new set of skills, you know, how to write commercials and do things and do the engineering and do all of this stuff. And I had to learn that. And that took up a bunch of years. I went back to K-Rock and consulted and did my own shows and sold my own time. I had to learn how to sell time. I had to have clients that, that I would do things for. And then along comes an opportunity to do television. I'm doing the radio, the radio advertising for Federated. And they were talking about cutting back the program because they didn't know if it was, you know, smart. And they really wanted to focus on television, but they hated their television commercials. Hated them. He said, don't you understand? He tells the television producer in a meeting I was at, don't you understand? I want something simple and funny that makes people remember the name Federated. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> After two hours, I raised my hand for the first time. I said, uh, Keith, how about if I go on and do a Dan Aykroyd Bassomatic pitch man? And I talk fast and, and uh, you know, it's a parody of a pitch man. And at the end, I'll say, and Federated smashes prices and I'll smash a TV with a circus hammer goes well that might that might work i said if it works will you give me creative control so i never have to do the same thing twice or people will want to kill me <laughs> and he kind of rolled his eyes and he goes yeah okay fine yeah like that's gonna happen and that weekend business went up 500 percent, and it was off and running and i did six to eight commercials a week for the next seven years wow Wow. And I had this team of people that worked together. It's the most fun I ever had in my life. I love those guys. In fact, today, the director of those, most of those commercials, a guy named Chuck Serino, became a world-class composer wow. for movies. And when I decided to do mental radio, I wanted it to be radio theater, and I wanted it to be cinematic. I wanted to reinvent radio, audio theater for the 21st century. 3D, stereo, in your head, in your earphones, things move around, but it's got to sound real. It isn't kooky. I'm not going for cartoons. I'm going to make something that sounds real, that, that's funny. Yeah. And I called Chuck and I said, look, the reason people don't use music in podcasts is because there's copyright and publishing issues that cost a fortune. Do you have anything you own the copyright? And he said, yes, I have been paid for tons of movies that never came out i own all they paid me i have copyright and the publishing you can have anything you want oh boy let hmm. me tell you <laughs> i is doing bernard herman and and john williams and marconi and anything and he's a one-man orchestra and it all sounds like it's full stage orchestra stuff it's beautiful and it's it's like that came from Federated. He was he was my Federated guy. Yeah. And then the head writer for Federated, a guy named Dave Nichols, also jumped in and said, I want to write for you and, and contribute. 
and then a uh, stand-up comedian named Sarge Pickman. Sarge is a genius. And uh, Sarge started writing, and uh, I attracted all of these really talented people just by the lofty goals that I was setting out to do and my willingness to work harder than anyone else. And now we have, um, this will be the 10th half hour show coming out this Friday. And there will be 12 before I finish the season. And then I'm going to do a best of and uh, put up an app. But I, I strongly encourage listeners who, who just want to have an unusual experience, go to mentalradio.net and put on earphones and listen to just the first five minutes of anything. Mm -hmm. The first five minutes will tell you if there's something there that you want to spend time with, because the whole show is like the first five minutes. It, it mm -hmm. goes all over the place. And they're usually pretty unique, pretty funny. And the, the um, and, and what's interesting is <clears throat> there are, I don't know if it's millions. I know it's hundreds of thousands, probably, of podcasts that are out there around the world. Yeah, millions. Millions. And to There's choose. On iTunes, I, I mean, believe. you only have so much time in your day to sit and listen yeah. to anything, this program or anything else for that matter. And I'm grateful for those people who do listen. I, I, I go to Spotify and I look at my uh, analytics on a regular basis. And, and I'm at, I've been doing this for two and a half years, podcasting on SoundCloud and the other mm. facilities. 19,000. Mm. 19,000 listens is the way, uh, is the way I, I, I put it. And, of course, it tells me which ones over the course of the entire period of time have been listened to the most. I mean, some of them, there are three uh, in, 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 that are close to 300 listens each, you know, mm. and that kind of thing. And it's like, okay, that's great. Um, and, but then I take a look at the world around me and I'm going, I, I want to change the world. And I'm, you know, and well, the world is changing. Okay. The world is, is changing. Whether, whether we like the way it's changing or not, it is changing constantly. Uh, and that's one of the things that I really try to impress on, upon people is, you know, you have to learn how to love and embrace and make a part of your life change because it's always going to be there. So why not make it a friend? Do you ever read the book? Who moved the cheese? No, I missed that one. Oh, it, I was children's book. No, well, no, actually, it's an adult Sounds book. Like but uh, my boss at the religious station had us all read it. It was mandatory reading. I said, "All right, fine, I'll read it," and I read it. And basically, it was about about change, uh, mm. and and so forth. And I, when I went back to my boss and I gave him back the the, the book, I said, "Okay, look, I don't have a problem with somebody moving the cheese. All right." They moved it from the, let's say, the refrigerator analogy, from the drawer on the bottom to the drawer in the middle. I don't care that somebody did that. Just tell me. Just tell me that you moved it to the middle drawer. That's all. Uh, you know, I have no qualms about going to the middle drawer. I don't have to bend over as far. Right. Uh, but it was the whole aspect of dealing with change. And right now in our world here in 2020, I have to say it again because I get paid royalties when I say it. The year, <laughs> the year of perfect vision. I don't really. Um, that I heard a cash register going off. Is that me? It, that, that's just... yeah. That, that, I think that's you. You get the royalties. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what yeah. happened there. Uh, I don't know what contract I signed, but they uh, made me sign it in blood. In uh, any event, uh, it was, was it Mephistopheles. Mes uh, that was it. Yeah. Um, I think he was my attorney. <laughs> and. Um, but it's 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 like I, I want I, I want I have another 40 minimum of 40 years to live. I'm 60. I have mm -hmm. to outlive my great grandmother who lived yeah. to be 100. It's mandatory. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like that's another lifetime, maybe two. So I'm extremely excited about what I'm going to be doing for the next 10 or 20 or 30. I hope it's this. I want to do this. I jokingly say, but maybe not so much jokingly say. They will have to peel my cold, dead carcass off of the console ah. because I enjoy this so much, whether it's producing radio theater, commercials for people, doing these programs, Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New, for a new World, producing other people's programs, producing other people's theatrical presentations on Zoom during this period of time. Uh, it's, there's something about it that, that just feeds my soul. And you, my friend, have 
have been thoroughly fed over the years. There's no question about it because it's, it's, it's in your blood, as they say. Um, are there any thoughts of doing anything different from what you've been doing over the last, what, 40 years, 50 years? There's constant, you know, and, and I and I honestly think that it is the key to everything, you know, other than having some kind of faith and belief and practice that living in potential, living in possibilities, it's a limitless universe with limitless possibilities. So there are limitless solutions to every impossible problem. And I believe that and I believe that we have to continue to have new dreams and new goals and things you aspire to and things you want to learn about and things you develop and things that you nurture and culture. It's part of the, the, the process of growth and expanded awareness. And like you, I am, I am compelled to do that all the time. You know, you may know that I also do art and when I have time, I haven't had time now. It's like mental radio has consumed my life. But the last um, 10 years, I've been doing a lot of art and you can see it all on shadowart.com, S-H-A-D-O-E-A-R-T.com. Okay. And it's mixed media and it's a lot of different things, but they're always in service of a message. And the message is always, usually has humor, but it also has a lot of depth. I have two big pieces, one called Doomsday, which I did a few years ago, which is exactly where we're at now. It's the assault of frightening images that is being uh, thrust on us 24 hours a day, hmm. all of our lives. And that's in the media and in entertainment and in the real world. And the other is a companion piece called Hope, and they're both nine feet long and five feet tall. Oh, wow. And, ho- and hope is about the beauty that faith has created. And it's all of the different major religions of the world, including uh, great masters, leaders and teachers and um, and, you know, the beauty of nature, whether it's the uh, the Fibonacci sequence of the the crashing of waves or the spinning of universes or the beauty in temples and mosques and monasteries all over the world, churches and cathedrals, and uh, the Native American powwows and the colors of faith. It's, it's remarkable. So I have one on one wall and one on the other. So that's like one discipline. And then in television, we are looking into um, making a mental radio, a television series. And I didn't think it could be done, but I've gotten huge enthusiasm from Vin DeBona the guy who created America's Funniest Videos. Hmm. And he's one of the most successful producers in Hollywood. And he just called me and he said, I love, love, love everything that you're doing. I love what it stands for. I love what you're reaching for. I think it's funny. I love the music. I love the characters, everything about it. We have to do television. So we're actually talking about that and developing the idea to see if we can make it fly. That would and be exciting written, to see. Uh, I've written about eight scripts and I have television series ideas and um, there's just no end to it all. And there aren't enough hours in the day or I'm up, you know, energy to do it all. But it's like you say, this is what you want to do. Yeah. And it excites you and, and it, it empowers your spirit and it gives you a sense of purpose and, um, and the effort it's, I believe that you can only act your way into the right thinking. I don't think you can think your way into the right thinking. And acting your way into the right thinking reveal it's like trying to put together a 10,000 piece jigsaw puzzle in your head. You got to get it out of your head and into the world so you can manipulate the parts and the pieces and put them together into something new that didn't exist a moment ago. How would you categorize or describe the beginnings? And this goes as far back as you want to go. I mean, even to your childhood, how would you categorize your philosophical upbringing and uh, uh, and how it how it has grown. I mean, we've talked you've already talked a lot about how it's changed and grown, especially during the, your your years uh, in the industry. Uh, but what about uh, the the early years and and had, had, are you aware that it's had any kind of influence whatsoever on who you are today? 
Oh, there's no question. Um, when I was very young, my parents um, went to different churches. My mother was taken by Christian science and my father was taken by Christianity. He was raised Christian science and she was raised Presbyterian and they switched and they were, we were going to different churches all the time. So I was getting the influence of the power of the divine from Christian science and getting the Christian um, uh, doctrines, uh, uh, the belief in Christ as a way to salvation and, and to God through Presbyterian. And that was kind of the beginning um, in 1969, when the Beatles started talking about transcendental meditation, I was like, that sounds like it's for me. And I started doing yoga that year and I started and I learned to meditate and really thought it was amazing. And then I did that for a number of years and then I wanted something more personal because uh, transcendental meditation works, it just works but I wanted something deeper and, and more personal. And I found myself studying Vedanta, which is the, the uh, ancient uh, from India mm -hmm. uh, teachings. And then Vedanta led to self-realization fellowship with Yogananda. And I read Autobiography of a Yogi and, and I read a lot of metaphysical books and I was actually really interested in all of this. So I wanted to study the other things too. I wanted to say, well, what's the difference between Christianity, Hinduism, and Buddhism, and what are, what do they believe in? And so then I wanted to learn about you know a lot of different things and out of body experiences and and the occult and quantum physics and I studied all of those things while I'm going about my life in radio and television and all of the other things I'm doing. But the 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 central part of it was a profound belief in you know, a higher power, a, a God, um, we call it the God of your understanding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and that that organizing power of the universe or, or original source made a lot of sense to me. And it's something to turn to when, when things get difficult, because I don't know what you do if you're an atheist, you know, you can be smug all you want, you can look down your nose and talk about all you poor sad people believing in your imaginary friend. And you can say, you know, it's the willing suspension of critical thinking. <laughs> and then you don't have to think about it anymore. But it's just not true. It's just shallow and, and hollow. And it's hard to understand how people can be so how, can gloat about something so bleak. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. this is it. Get used to it. <laughs> you live, you're born, you die. And it's like, yeah, that's the way it is. It's like, what? What? And yeah, you never see the dark side. You never go into despair. You don't, where you don't have anything else to turn to. There's a thing, you know, among, uh, among alcoholics and drug addicts. It's like uh, an addict uh, who's an atheist sits in a closet. And he's crawling with a million invisible bugs and he's got his gun and he's going, God, whatever you are, whoever you are, help. I don't know what to do. And something happens that has nothing to do with spiritual doctrines or teachings or books or priests or rabbis or gurus or anything of the traditional um, religion. Some power opens up and directs that person to a solution and the solution changes their lives forever and a seemingly impossible situation from which there is no way out has, is revealed and i don't know what you call that the the atheist will call it convenient coincidence hmm. it's so nice to be so certain and to be able to reduce everything down into a couplet just to Convenient coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, is something much bigger. Yeah, I believe in. Uh, I do not believe in coincidence. I do believe in coincidences. Okay, I'm taking British liberty and repronouncing words. Uh, I like that. Like coincidence, things that coincide. And yeah. I love some of the programs that came out uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, where they would they would focus on maybe two, three, maybe even four storylines in one program. But they had absolute at the beginning of the show of the, of the broadcast, they the four program the four stories had nothing to do with each other. 
until the paths started to cross. Hmm. And that is how real life is. We don't know whose path we're going to cross today. And that's why I love, I love some of the, the, the ancient wisdom teachings that talk about how when you are aware that you're going to be crossing the path of someone who is in need, James Redfield talks about the messages that we share and exchange with one another. You need to approach that person as if it were you and that you would like to get that message because it would really help you today. Get that insight, get that inspiration, get that, maybe even that pat on the back. Hey, you're doing okay. Um, and yet so many people are wrapped up in themselves and this is that, and being wrapped up in you. I, um, I try to live in a state of being open all the time to signs, you know, that, you know, it, it, it involves every aspect of my life, including writing. It's like an impulse will lead to an action and the action reveals a direction that I didn't see a moment ago. And when I'm trying to think my way through it, it doesn't quite work, but I'll take that initial spark and the spark will be maybe an idea, a word or a phrase, and I'll put it down. And then I'll start seeing possibilities in the, in the phrase or the word. And with people, it's like sometimes you're just, you have a, a, a notion that somebody looks interesting. Mm. And I'd like to know something about them. My wife is great at this. She is like, she, let's go meet people. That's not my fallback position. I'm usually like a little more um, apprehensive, but she's going, let's go meet people. And we go into a party and, go up to them and she'll introduce me. And then pretty soon she's talking about getting together and then we're having lunch and then we've got exchanging cards. And then all of a sudden they said something that they're working with somebody and then we know those same people in common. And these things that you call these coincidences sort of like open up into something I didn't see coming. Almost like the, 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 the wonderful, I love the, the concept of six degrees of separation. Yeah, kind of yeah thing. exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and I'm still looking, I'm still working on mine as far as Kevin Bacon is concerned. <laughs> yeah, I haven't found mine either, but I'm sure it's there. It's there somewhere. Um, what is your feeling? I have an idea of what it is, but what is your feeling about our future here in this country, here in California, maybe in the city in which you live, um, uh, in, in terms of... Um, Optimism, pessimism, half glass, half full, half glass, glass, half empty. I am always optimistic. I pitch optimism. Uh, Mental radio has a mythology behind it, all based on reality and, and fabricated information told with great sincerity and absolute conviction. And you have to decide which part is real. But one of them is that optimisticals, M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-L-S, optimisticals have been with us since the beginning of time. And in 1893, Nikola Tesla, when he created wireless energy transfer, realized that he could potentially power the entire world through the air for free. Of course, they wouldn't allow that to happen. Right. But he realized it and saw the way to do it. And that he also saw that since it's in the physical universe, it also transcends the physical universe and gets down to the very vibration of life itself and started this secret underground society called mental radio. Hmm. Radio, not AM, FM radio, but wireless energy transfer, which gets into, you know, telepathy and, um, and the communication of ideas and consciousness uh, from one to another through any distance in time and space. Optimisticals are real and have been a part of positive change throughout time. And I believe they are, we are with you right now and will see us to a new plateau of awareness and life that is significantly better than what we've had before. You know, a conversation I had yesterday with one of my guests, we were talking about consciousness. And uh, the conversation went to the to the to the level of how I was using the con the, the, the phrase, the common phrase about 
raising our consciousness. And she was sharing with us that actually it isn't about raising your consciousness because <clears throat> there is a consciousness that we have access to. We have the access to the totality of consciousness, which is infinite. It is about raising our awareness. And I then got the idea of an analogy of a pie chart. All right. And just for the sake of argument, the pie chart, it's got the slices of pie in it. And that's as big as consciousness is. And all we're doing throughout our lives is we're becoming more and more aware of the fact that there are more slices of consciousness that we are tapping into. Uh, Schrodinger said that there is only one mind. What are your thoughts in that regard, whether it be consciousness or one mind? And I don't know if they're the same or two different things. Um, I believe that consciousness is um, the spark of divinity within us. You can call it the I am, the witness, the uh, spirit. But once you have experienced transcending the physical world to experience awareness as a separate entity that isn't born, lives, and dies, that isn't part of the body-mind experience, and you see it, you realize that it's as infinite within as the universe is infinite without. And it's our job to do the work to allow us to dive deeper into that experience in order to attain greater awareness of the infiniteness within. Shadow Stevens is my guest, and we're talking about a lot of lofty things, but very simple things. We don't have to make them complicated. You know the old phrase, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> just so, do the work. Just do the work, exactly. Uh, I, I got an email from someone not too long ago who said um, uh, that there is a more dangerous virus out there than uh, anything, including uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19. And Good it's, deal. it's summed up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's summed up by these three phrases. And the virus is ignorance, fear, and lack of faith. There you go. I totally believe that. And it's like, even if, let's just say that this virus this, that, that, that we've called on, called on as a pandemic, let's just say that it is the most dangerous thing on the planet. Uh, we don't have to live in fear of it. Uh, and I was talking with someone just today. I said, look, there are I, I have to tell you that uh, politics aside, my heart hurts that I don't have a leader I can turn to a government leader I can turn to who will say, hey, I know it's bad, but it's going to get better. We're going to be OK. Just hang in there. I think of Roosevelt, who basically told us. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, first thing he was saying was, I understand that you're afraid. I get that. I am afraid, too. And the only thing that we have to fear is the fear that we're feeling. And now there's nothing wrong with the fear, but we don't have to stay there. So let's get busy and let's let's work. Let's do something. Let's, yeah, and here's a plan. Here's a plan. Here's, here's what we're prepared to do, and we're open to other ideas that come from yeah. wherever. And I was watching the, the Phoenix ideas. Yeah. And I was watching the Phoenix rally uh, last week and I was listening to what they were throwing in every so often. And that's when I felt very sad because I'm serious. I, I felt like I didn't belong. And, and I'm not even talking about politics here. I'm talking about a human being to human being. Oh, you, if I don't believe with you what you believe, then I'm not a part of the group. Uh, and I was a Baha'i for a year and a half back in the 90s because they embraced me, because they took me in and because I needed I need I needed acceptance. And I'm I'm feeling that today and I'm not getting it from the sources. I'm getting it from my family. I'm getting it from you right now as we converse. I'm getting it from the people that I associate here at the radio station with. But I'm not getting it from the place that we all need it from. And that's from the highest levels in this case and the highest levels of government. I got it from George Jr. 
George Bush Jr. I got it from Obama. I got it from Clinton. George Bush Sr. As much as I didn't care much for Reagan, I got it from him too. Yeah, I well, I totally agree. And there's nothing. Much and it hurts. It it, I'm, it hurts as a human being. Yeah, it, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, it's like oh. unbearably funny and excruciatingly horrifying. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank you so much for giving us so much time. We're going to wrap it up here, and uh, we'll have you back again because I'd like to get into some of the subject matter after I've had a chance to listen to uh, the the uh, the the podcast that you've put out there. Five minutes is all we ask. Five minutes. Five. What do you think, people? Thank you. Oh, there Thank you go. You. Please sit down. Please yeah. sit down. You're too much. I'll get a big head. And, oh, please. And, and do you know that all of those people are socially distanced, folks? They are. They are Each all socially apart, distanced. But there's a huge auditorium filled. That's right. Before we let you go, I do have three final questions for you that I ask all of my guests. You may have addressed them, uh, these questions, uh, during the program, during our conversation, but I like to ask them directly. Before I do, I want to let our listeners know that this program is here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Mondays at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com, and the podcasts of this broadcast podcast are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Player FM, and a whole bunch of other locations, the two numerous to mention right here. And PayPal and Patreon are available for you if you'd like to support the work that we are doing here. So, my first of three questions. I kind of feel like uh, either Monty Hall or the guy who ran uh, Secret Squares. Um, who is Shadow Stevens? <laughs> a brilliantly subtle combination of a wide variety of intoxicants, each one aimed at something defiantly different. We, we, had a, we used to have a thing um, when I had my company, um, Shadow Vision. I'm not sure if I can remember. We, we pledged to perpetually stretch, bend, and jolt the entertainment medium with intoxicating, enlightening illusions shuddering on the brink of acceptability. So help me God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no non-disclosure agreements? Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, we're wide open. All right. Second question is what is it that you <laughs> what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I'm I'm really hoping that this will find a uh, a huge base that will justify us continuing and exploring new ways of of creating this kind of entertainment. It literally isn't like anything you've heard before. It I can guarantee you that. It isn't just a matter of adding sound effects to to um, a story. It's characters that aren't cartoons that uh, have it's, it, the message is in the story, and it always everything is about something, and the sounds actually become a character themselves. So I'm hoping to create a theater group of a, a small group of people who actually can get some money for the time that they spend devoting to something that they love to do and deserve to get mm. or creating things that are kind of complicated and take a lot of time. It isn't, you know, there are a lot of interview shows and a lot of people who are much better interviewers than me. You're on, you're terrific. And, and I've been on with, with a bunch of people who are, are really wonderful. I didn't set out to do that. I wanted to do something that really takes you somewhere that, that opens up a movie in your head and the movie keeps changing. It doesn't stay in one place ever. Nothing ever goes on longer than four or five minutes. And then it changes to something else. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to, um, to uh, do this for a long time to come. And maybe it'll turn into something for television as well because it deserves to. But that's that's my current goal. Well, we'll do our part at this end to tell people about uh, mentalradio.net. And and we will be linked to that website uh, with Yay. this interview on our podcast. God okay. You. God bless you, Richard. Well, thank you, I sir. I so much appreciate it. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you just put your bayonet back in its uh, bayonet holder. Final question. What is your life's purpose? to experience God consciousness. That's all. That's beautiful. By the way, Autobiography of a Yogi, I read it 17. I've read it hundreds of times. It's on my mm. phone in Audible. Uh, and it is my metaphysical primer. 
Yeah, it's 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 a remarkable piece of work, and yeah. especially the one where his master comes back and explains to him the layout, the architecture of the universe, and about the astral plane and the causal plane, and what it looks like, and what it's like, and what beings are like. And it's like this is like LSD. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite stories, of course, is number one, the trip that he and his friend uh, took, uh, that his brother was not too keen on, and they finally caught them. Uh, but they took off uh, uh, to to try to get to the Himalayas. The other one is the Tiger Swami story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite was the uh, was the uh, what would what, what would we call it? Um, I don't want to say it was a bet. Okay, uh, that he made with his brother. His brother says, "Look, I'll tell you what. You go to Brindaban, and you come back, and you don't have a coin in your pocket, and you do this and that and the other thing, and I'll become one of your devotees." And yet the person he went with was so the doubting Thomas all along the way, even after he had eaten. Well, when's our next meal going to, how are we going to get our next, and how are we going to get here, and how are we going to get there? And just the things, the coincidences that happened just says to me, and I try to share that with everybody else, relax. It's all being taken care of if you will just relax, trust the universe, jump and trust off of a cliff. That's the the euphemism. Mm -hmm. Jump and trust. That's what we did. That's how we got here to Cali- to uh, Santa Barbara from Phoenix. We mm-hmm. jumped and we trusted. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And I uh, created a character that's al- along that line. Um, it's called The Adventures of Brown Boy Love. And he's a um, a, a man that um, that was a that's a black belt in the art of ricochet. And he was a, a philosopher, a street philosopher who traveled the world with just just the clothes on his back, trusting the universe would provide. So my partner and I would go out and interview him and we would find him like at a bus stop in New York City and talk to him. And just as he was about to tell us the most important thing we would ever hear, he's hit by a car and killed, clearly killed. But a week later, we find him in Spain at a bullfight arena. And he's stepping into the arena. He says, you cannot run. You cannot hide from the bull. The bull will chase you every day of your life. But don't you think you're pushing it a little? He goes, my friends, you can fall from a plane or get a divorce. Be riddled with pain or get kicked by a horse. Be down in the dumps. You can have an attack. But no matter what happens, you've got to bounce back. Ricochet. And then he's gored by bulls and killed. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. What a great note to end on. I thank you so much for giving us so much time. And I hope that we can have you back again, as I said, to to continue this conversation and maybe go a little bit deeper. Sounds good. Love it. Shadow Stevens has been my guest. And you want to go to that website of all websites that we're going to be linked to. And uh, that website, once again, is... The beginning and end of all time begins and starts and ends with mentalradio.net. All right. And uh, fortunately, there will not be a net chasing you because you will see it coming. Mental dive radio. into it willingly, laughing hysterically. There you go. There you go. Mentalradio.net is the website. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast podcast, love to lol.